Hello and welcome home. You're listening to the Tribe Abuja podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you to know and make known the truth and love of God the Father as expressed through His Son, Jesus. Let's listen to the message. Amen. Please, can we welcome Pastor Lilia Dimefe? She's the one wearing the colors of the glory of the Lord. Amen. And um, to minister today, please, can we welcome our pastor, Pastor Ferdinand Adimefe. God bless you. Thank you. Good morning, church. Okay. I'll still to be careful, at least we get slain by the Spirit. Well, guys, um, this is family. Um, and I want us to, so I have about 40 minutes. How many minutes? There about, but usually the way I roll is I worship for a bit before I dive in. Because somewhere, worship just has a way of engineering my mind better. Um, but there was something interesting David said once. Um, what are you thinking about God? Or someone asked a question, uh, what do you think, what you think about God? Because the most important thought in your life is what you think about, what you think about God. That's what, um, I think it was T.L. Osborne that said that. Toza, A.W. Toza said that. The most important thought is what you think about, what you think about God. Now, consider that revelation like a ball of onion. And we just peel the first layer. In that first layer, it says, what do you think about when you think about God? Another person, C.S. Lewis, said something close. He said, well, the most important thought is the thought you think that God thinks about you. So he is actually saying, because David was sitting down one day, and David just woke up and said, hold on for a second. It's like God is thinking about me. Like I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Like he knows the thoughts. So David just entered into a dimension with God where he started to experience that intimate love affair. And you know, have you ever wondered why God called him a man after my heart? Maybe he knew something most people in the Old Testament didn't know. Most of them were looking for God, I need to find you. David was like, he found me. They were all saying that, oh, Lord, I want to know you. And God says how he made himself known to me, that I'm also known by him. Like, how? And David was obsessed with the detail. He was like, check out. He knows the detail of my hair. Like, David even started thinking, think of, see your braid. Just one by one. God was like, number one, number two. Think about it wonderfully and fearfully made. Right? And I want us this morning, um, Michael, you know, I have to use some help before we go. Because there are keys and there are keys, you know. <laughs> But, you know, God just had to humble me. Because if God had given me voice, see, sister and brothers of the house of the Lord, every year, every month, album, I, if I, I too would have sent me a letter, say, sorry, uh, man of God, for releasing too many songs. The last one you stream, the world must have listened to it because I can't say they've not started streaming that one. But I, I want, really want us to reflect on the fatherhood of God. Um, dearest father, closest friend. Thank you. Bro, it's like I, that was the key, right? We're close. I told you guys. Right? I just want us to meditate on that. Uh, we're talking about prayer, right? Because when Jesus started to teach prayer, interestingly, the word he used was dear father. Our father in heaven. And it's as though that your prayer will never really make sense if you don't understand who you're praying to. And it's not just about knowing who you're praying to. Knowing the nature of that person, right? And knowing who you are to him gives your power purpose. So today we're going to take out of prayer from the point of identity, right? But let's 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 do that something.
I just want us to open our hearts and just worship. Make it your own words. Father, closest friends, most beautiful, most beautiful, Father, closest friends, most Words cannot suffice, but our hearts, even in the silence of our hearts, we scream. There are, there's no. this morning let your love invade every space pour your love into every heart where we hurt where we need healing where the traumas have become our identity break them this morning where we've forgotten who we are bring that awareness back into our consciousness that we are sons and we are loved by you remind us that you reclaimed us in your love and declare that we are blamelessly innocent before you remind us that you've declared that we are forgiven and we are whole and complete in you, that we are enough, that there is nothing missing or broken in our lives, that we are complete in your love, secured. Identity is found in you, O oh God, and it's found in what you think about us. Long before men could have an opinion of us, you had an opinion of us, and you called us loved. You said you chose us before the foundations of the earth. Even before we made our first mistake, you chose us, so our mistakes can no longer define us because we already have an identity in you. We reclaim the way you have reclaimed us. We agree to what you have spoken concerning us. That we are forever free, standing in the certainty of your love for us. To declare that we are sons. As he is in this world, so are we. Thank you, Abba, for your love. Amen. Amen, guys. Let's be seated. So I'll do a, a bit of a roll, then we'll get back. So, you know, just even thinking about the art of prayer, sometimes... Prayer is quite an interesting one because we pray more than most in this country. Nigeria is a prayer machine. Um, I can bet you somewhere in Nigeria every Friday, every night, there's a vigil going on. People are interceding. But the interesting thing about it is, is as though our prayers oftentimes are done out of fear. And so fear can sponsor prayer. And you become a spiritual tourist. You'll be going wherever there is supposed to be power. You'll be saying, is, my, is your church apostolic or prophetic? Those things are because you're compensating for what you've not discovered inside of you. So you're having to externalize what has become an internal reality. So sometimes we think that prayer is actually a key, but to be frank with you, it's more than a key. Prayer is a lifestyle. 
Do you know, for many of us, if your idea of prayer is where you're going to crisis, brother, you're looking for, who is going to go seven days with me? <laughs> you will be looking for prayer. The point is, it, your life is more than damage control. Prayers is, prayer is not about crisis management. Though we need it when we're in crisis. But if you operate in it, you won't even be in the crisis in the first place. So sometimes it's because we miss out to so living the life we're called to live. We're not having to try and seek help, seek stuff going on. So I want us to really understand prayer this morning. And not, let's reclaim prayer as not just an event or an activity. Because the very first place we see prayer was the when man was created. Genesis 1 verse 26, when God made that statement, now let us make man in our image and after our likeness. God was inviting, that was a prayer. The Trinity, prayer was their culture, prayer was their way of life. You know, early, early preachers would call it, it was sort of like a divine dance. That there was this activity within the energy of the Trinity. They were one. They had oneness. And God said, let us make man in our image. So you were created from a place of love to participate in that love life. So prayer is realigning back to the source from which you came. Prayer is not first about obtaining. So before we start making prayer a transaction, realize that that is a fragment of what prayer is if it is it at all. So I don't want to shake too many tables. But the point is that we've become so transactional. That is not the picture we saw. When we started to think about prayer, Matthew 6, if you have to go there, Matthew 6, when Jesus showed up on the scene, and they said, teach us how to pray. If you backtrack, first of all, he was scolding them. Because those guys, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, had perfected the art of showing it but not leaving it. So he said, you guys just seem to, if I really want to pray, they'll go out on the streets. They'll be louder than everybody else. They will do prayer atmosphere, 48 hours only. Like, and they had all this activity of just trying to perform. And Jesus was like, see, when you do those things, your reward is already out there. And he said, now let me teach you how to pray. When you want to pray, said, begin with our Father. Now, up until then, the revelation of the fatherhood of God was not something that they know. Now, you and I take it for granted. God is our Father, we say. But back in the day, it was revolutionary. In fact, it almost cost him his life. Do you know, if you look at John 15, John 17, verse 20, up until that time, he was telling them stuff. He was like, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. They gather stones. Like, you cannot be making such a claim in this place. How can you, a mere mortal, claim to be a son of God? That is not heard of because all they knew of God was a creator. So being a creator, God was sitting up there in the sky. And God was just waiting for them to tidy your lives. I'll be back. And if you guys don't leave right, I'm going to show up and you'll be sad that you did. In fact, right now, as I'm sitting in heaven, there's a recorder of your life and your events. On the day of judgment day, I will press play. And all your friends and family will be there watching your life in 3D. Now, if you didn't hear this type of gospel, I don't know the one you heard. But this thing had a way of calling you forth to the, well, give your life to Christ. By the time the man said, that video we played, everybody's like, God, please, where am I? So there is a harvest of souls. Your people are showing up on the last, and they'll put a song that would help you just energize it on the last day. Only true believers will be raptured. And you're thinking, I didn't make it the last time. And then so you're, you're giving up your life to Christ became sort of like an event. Right? Some of us give it to, give it to, give it to, you know, there was one particular day. This day, I showed up in a church, and God set me up. I had actually thought, you know, the pastor had preached a ferocious sermon. So, you know, I was, I needed a breakthrough. So I needed to, I would give my life nonetheless, but apparently he said we should close our eyes. Because I gave, I've given too much, I just felt, may God notice that he can't play. So I was thinking it's like, God, am I coming out today? And interestingly, the man was saying, I can see hands. There are hands over there, yes, my sister, the Lord has helped you, brother. And I thought, oh, we are many. 
because I, I, I was a little shy. I wouldn't walk out, walk out alone, even though I was giving my life to Christ. Alone. So I did this, and suddenly I realized that I was the only one who. The man of God was seeing things in the realm of the Spirit. And then the ushers, those, um, those ushers that, as you know them, brother, please sit this way. I want to be under AC. This way, please. I go go house, so this way, right? Now, those type of ushers, they'll say, please, brother, pastor wants you. I, I said, no, I've given my life the other time. They said, no, 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 you have to come again. Pastor was like, come quickly, come quickly. So I came out, and that day I was like, God, please, this one has to work. This one has to work. But the reality of it is that there were many things we misunderstood about the faith and about the gospel. And we need to now redefine or revisit. For many of us, we think faith was faith for stuff. The way you understood faith was like faith to obtain. So I said, ah, but I'm faithing a cow. Brother. You say, I'm faithing a babe. You cannot be faithing. You understand? Like there's a way you'll be faithing these things. It becomes a transaction, but that's not how it is. You know, in fact, when you begin to study the life of Paul, Paul was saying something. He said, the faith I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Right? He now said, there's the faith of Christ that I now live by. What is, the, what is the guarantee? That faith, if it backs you, you're backed. So it wasn't so much about faith for transaction. It was faith as a, a lifestyle where you anchor yourself on everything God thinks of you, the love of God for you, and God's thoughts towards you, and the word of God for you. So it was not supposed to be on circumstances. Have you met people? If you don't have an understanding of prayer, you met people tell you, I no longer go to church because I prayed sincerely for a job. Somebody got the job. And I know what I prayed. Now, when you are there, you're trying to blackmail God. Though. Prayers are not blackmail. So if your prayers are prayers of blackmail, those ones are, there's no power there. So what we need to deal with is the identity side because whether you're suffering from the blackmail type of prayer, Lord, what have I not done for you? You know those type of prayers? I think ladies pray more of this prayer. Yes, Lord, what have I not done for you? Guys own. They actually, they racket God. No, a guy is like, Baba, if you give me that job, I'll give you something back. Like, no, it's, a tra- like it's about, the way you see them, just put the night of breakthrough contract with your name on it. They're showing up. So you realize that it's a, it's a gamble. It's no longer a lifestyle. If some of them even use prayer as insurance. You understand that? Okay, let me pray so that uh, God cover, you know, God cover my mother, my father. And if you are in that level, your prayer is autopilot. You know that prayer? In the name of Jesus, Father, thank you, Lord. My mother and my father cover them. Like, no, there's a way that even if you take a 13-year-old and say, please pray for us, she said, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, Father, so people slept and you know, wake up today, but we woke up. Thank you because we woke up. Now, that prayer uh, is mindless. The heart is not in it. It's just a program. It's been programmed. So you can pray that prayer 30 years. I'll be wondering, nothing is moving. Because the point is that you have not even started to tap into that which you are. You understand? So you've locked up yourself. You know what the scripture was telling us? That see, guys, there's a part of, there's a type of prayer that you pray that makes tremendous power available. And he's saying that the prayer, the power powers from within you and changes your environment. So the way you traffic reality is prayer. If you're staying in a situation where you're depressed, prayer. So you can no longer begin to condition yourself to the things that you can change. So this morning, we're going to see how prayer starts to evolve when Christ came on the scene, prayer took on a whole new meaning. But that scripture that was telling us that God makes tremendous power available, you know what he said of Elijah? Elijah was a man of like passion. That guy stood up one day and said, it will not rain in this town. Nothing happened. After three years, he got tired of not having rain. Because he locked it. He now said, okay, Lord, let's change it. Let there be rain. And rain came. Baba, the tout in your area, what are we doing about it? 
is he waiting for an instruction from you are waiting for a policy from Abuja National Assembly? That's too late in the day. You are the governor in town. So at the end of the day, when Jesus started to paint a picture of God as a father, you have to start seeing what he's trying to get at, what he was trying to achieve. And he kept saying that, see, I and my father are one. And if you've seen me, you've seen my father. And that picture was always there. So if we go to John 15, and Pastor Jesse spoke about it last week, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, whatever you ask in my name, you get it. So what it is is that as you stay with God and God stays with you, prayer is that your mind becomes the mind of Christ. Your ambition is powered by God. If our God becomes your dream, you now live in God's dream. Now, God sponsors his dream. He doesn't sponsor false dreams. The dream that you're, must, you're mustering by yourself because your neighbor has a better car, that's not the one we're talking about. The dream that you're actually crying because you don't have visa, you want to escape the country. Meanwhile, God has called you to stand in the land of Guarimpa and change the environment. But Canada is where you're looking at. <laughs> you're like, I have to be in Canada. So at the end of the day, you first of all must understand how Jesus saw prayer. Now, he gave us that picture of the fatherhood of God, and I want us to hold tight to that. Because the fatherhood of God is the very, very place to begin for prayer to make sense. If you don't know who you're praying to, you never pray well. In fact, the strength of your prayer is tied to the person you're praying to. You understand? That you know him, and that you know his heart is important. So, he gave us a picture of what it means to have a father in Luke 15. So maybe if we go there, Luke 15, it might be a long read. So guys, I don't know who is our reader today. So we can save time. That voice with the, the pronunciation, please. I don't want the H factor here. I don't want no, um, you know, all the, huh? Okay, princess. Yeah, princess, you got nominated. Please give, give princess Mike. Let's, uh, we need a sonorous voice. You were hoping I was going to call you, but the Lord has helped us today. Uh, where is King James? James, you posted something I love. He said, the love of God has no if, no but, no when, no... That thing. We'll get there today. Princess. So Luke 15. We're talking about the prodigal son. Um, the story of the prodigal son. I, maybe I would even want you to read John 17, 20 to 26. Right? But I will just give you a quick wrap on the, on the Luke 15 part because we all have read the prodigal son story. At least you guys, read it too. Don't say this pastor will not open that part. Write it now. But I'll give you a quick summary. So at this point in time, Jesus was giving them a picture of fatherhood. And he gave a case of two sons. And he was using them to teach about fatherhood. Now guess what? The younger one, quite stubborn, he may be in church today, Woke up one day and told his father, I don't think I want to be around you. I want all the wealth you have. I want my portion. And the guy went away. The story was that he got busted after a while. Strippers club today, um, casino tomorrow, Bet Niger, all the things that, all the addictions of life, the trappings of culture. He sponsors not a few parties, right? Beach today, beach house tomorrow, living the life. The soft life became hard after a round of money. So I, when the soft became hard, the boy remembered who his father was. A good time to remember father. You understand? But this guy was not necessarily returning home because he had repented. He, he, was, he was eating, the Bible says he was sloping the pig food, right? I was eating from pigs. He now felt, I can't be doing this. My father's house, slaves are better fed. So he said, let me even go, even if I get a job in my father's house, at least I'll be better than this one I'm doing here. And the guy goes home. 
Now, the story that Jesus wrote, because this was Jesus' bestseller. If it was, no, parables are stories. If it was back in, now it would have been on New York Times, number one. People be reading it, you know, the parable of the prodigal son, right, all this type of stuff. But the point is, when the guy got home, the interesting part was not so much that the, the, the boy had changed, but that his father was waiting. In fact, he did not even walk up to the gates. The, the scripture says his father saw, got a glimpse of him, someone that looked like him, coming close. And these men, they wear gown in their culture. So it was a wealthy man. He rolled his gown. That's the best way I can call it. But you guys robe or something. He rolled it, right? And he started running towards the, the guy. And he held the son, put a ring on his finger, did everything. He said, party tonight. Go tell everybody that is a soup. He took the pot, the, 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 the prizes, this thing, and killed it. Now, everybody was eating. Elder brother returns. No, they went and called elder brothers. All the that are people talking, talking. They would say, hey, brother, come, come. your father is doing something atrocious. While you're walking on his field, he's throwing party for your lost brother. The guy said, that way, world one is back. He said, yes. He walked back home. You know what the other brother did? He refused to go into the party. He said, I can't go into the party because my father, unfortunately, has betrayed me. He's throwing party for the guy that was lost. His father comes out to beat him. A party is going on. The elder brother didn't show up. Baba said he was to, he's not going in. He was walking. Stood at the gate. Father came and told him that, okay, what is your problem? He said, have I not served you enough? Tell me now, what have you asked for that I have not given you, Papa? I give you obedience. I give you everything. And then right before my eye, you take what is mine and you're giving it to that guy that just got back. You know what the father told him? Ah, I'm surprised you didn't know that everything was yours. That fatting calf, you could have killed it yesterday. I had no problems with it. If you ever told me you wanted it, you could take it. So guess what was happening here? The boy did not have a revelation of sonship. So he was living in abundance. He had a concept of the father, but he didn't have a relationship with the father. He, he cared about the father's business, but not the father. So he needed salvation, but salvation from good works. Because he was lost to works, as his brother was lost to waywardness. Waywardness, we understand that template. They will show up. The prodigal amongst us. They will show up. We all are returning prodigals. If you can paint it, we were the one. God left in 99, came to look for one. So we're back home. Clap to yourself. You made it. But guess the interesting part of the story now. He, the, 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 the two sons are giving us a picture of sonship. And both of them will pray. But if the first son prays, the, the, first, the elder brother, what will be the language of his heart? If the second son prays, what will be the language of his heart? Because on one level, it's not about what you pray. It's what's the heart praying. And from what identity that powers the prayer? If your slave card is powering your prayer, you will be fooling with a beg. You will never be able to obtain that which God has freely given. Some of us have been so conditioned to slave prayers, we don't know what it is to be a son. In fact, when you see a son, you think they're arrogant. You see, these ones are overdoing it in everyday testimony because the sons live with gratitude. So let's live, let's profile what it means to be a son and what it means to be a slave because here we need deliverance from, from slave card. Now, the slave card is always begging God. He manipulates God. He does, he does not know. He will say, Father, why have you not given me? And you think about it. God is saying, all I have is yours. But we've been conditioned to earn it because the slave is not running from grace. The grace the, the, he's actually powered by law, but he doesn't know he's powered by law. He is powered by morality. So he feels like if I'm moral enough, I will get what I want. 
Homorality in grace is not a, is not a condition for salvation. It's a fruit if there is anything. It's the life you live that people start to see integrity. So guess what? A slave cares about the image. A slave has to earn approval. A slave, is so, his own prayers are powered by low self-esteem. This slave is actually saying, I want this person to think highly of me. What can I do to make this person accept me for who I am? So all their life is seeking approval. Sometimes, do you know what it means to be? One guy was just me one time. He didn't know I'm a pastor. So these things, I saved them because they come help in half. It was like anytime he's just bouncing out of his neighborhood, all those boys that are not doing anything, you'll just be showing them. You just, like, there's something about his step. Now, if, people, if you change your steps because you're passing across people, I don't know if that's normal. But you guys confirm to me, if suddenly because you are well-dressed, you're, you're not doing young girls, you're passing. If you lose yourself because people are around, you're not operating from sonship, but from slave card. The, the self of a slave needs validation from people. A son is already validated in his father's love. He needs no approval. He's approved. A slave is always working towards approval. So when you meet them on your job, they will be at war with you. Because they can't team up. They are in competition. The job becomes your identity. So, guys, nothing should power your identity other than your love, God, God's love for you. It's God's love for you that secures you, frees you. So some pastors are not free. But they, they, no, the truth is that they're not free. If you cannot confront somebody right now, someone is doing something wrong in your office, but you can't confront them. You know why? Uh, I don't want them to think that I don't mind my business. So you can't be a voice of justice because you're afraid of rejection. And you don't even understand who you are, that you are the voice of truth. You are the truth, pillar of truth in your workplace. You know people are bullying somebody. You are joining them instead of calling them to order. Say, no bully here. No bully in this place. Shut it down. Do you know some of those people actually are waiting for a, a, a son? They're waiting for a son to show up. Right? So when, a, when sons show up, it changes the environment. Right? A son is actually what God needs. That's why Romans 8, 19 has been telling us that the earnest expectation of creation, they are waiting the manifestation of the sons of God. But unfortunately, the slave conditioning of our minds have made us be waiting for God. Meanwhile, God has made us the manifestation that we need. You understand? No, you're, you're waiting. The Bible said it. Creation, as you're passing, even the trees are saying, hello, Michael, when are you going to drop your album? Hello, Philip. No, guys, I don't know where that's coming from. Right? <laughs> or, or just imagine Philip. I was like, Philip, when are you going to dress uh, the president? Well, we, we don't know about that. We don't know about that. But yeah, there's something there. My point is, at the end of the day, you know, you have your, as you're passing, the earnest expectation of creation is calling out for you because you are the move of God. But slaves don't understand that you are not going to wait for the move. You orchestrate the move. Like, your knees carry power. Like once you as a son understand that, you plug in, you will shift, you will shift climates. You know, sons utter civilization. You understand? They wake up and say, I want my city to transform. And then they begin the journey. So you cannot pass around injustice and you do nothing if you're a son. So your prayer language, you have to raise your prayer language. I'm not saying raise your voice. We've done that enough. I'm saying raise the quality of your language. Because there is a shouting that is a slave. Somebody can shout, I bind you, I bind you. But you know that that binding is a fear-filled binding. Even a cockroach will drive that binder. So those fear-inspired stuff, you know, there's also, a, there's also guilt, guilt prayers. 
Lord, I know that uh, God, if you can just give me this small thing. You, somebody tweeted something, it went viral. Say, God, if, if Nami be you. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that post. God, if Nami be you, I'm not going to do it myself like this. Right? I'm not going to love me like this. No, one of those, one of those self-righteous, someone just sit down there and said, how come I'm participating in Adam's sin and I'm not in Solomon's riches? What's going on here? But guess what? Interestingly, if you don't understand your identity, your prayers will reflect that. And your prayers respond to you. So, two things I would give you guys. When Jesus came to talk to Lazarus, it was the only time he prayed, one of the times he prayed for a sick person. More often than not, he didn't tell us to pray. He was always saying, speak. He would tell them, go and lay hands. It was as though that that one is within your domain. So when he got to Lazarus' place, as they had gathered, you know, Lazarus, that day Lazarus was about to die. Jesus was out of town. He was just having a good time. And people came and said, your best friend is not doing too well, Jesus. He said, oh, don't worry, I'm going to sort about. We're going to sort it out. Um, I'm in town. They, they said, okay. And then one other person came and said, um, Lazarus has finally died. Oh, Jesus said, okay. Let's wait one more day. I'll go back. Now, if you know that somebody has died, you must pray that moment in our mind because you have to call him back before the spirit goes far. <laughs> Baba did not. He, he was in no hurry. There was no urgency. Because he knows that the wind and the waves, they know his name. So he was not going to rush there. When he shows up, it's morning. You know how our, our, there's something in, our, in, our, in Proverbs that says, African Proverbs, whenever you wake up, it's your morning. When he shows up, it's morning. Right? So his love doesn't run dry. So, he, you know, Philip was not telling Baba, okay, um, if Lazarus, he did not even tell him that Lazarus had died. He said, Lazarus is sleeping. But let's go and wake him. Philip got confused with that kind of, um, not your type. Philip got confused. He said that, well, if, you're, if he's sleeping, why are you waking him up now? We, are, we have companion to enjoy. Let him sleep on. Jesus said, you know the hear what? He has died. I was speaking faith. That's what I was trying to do. Now, this is a moment where you have to understand it. The guy didn't understand, Jesus was speaking faith. He just said, oh, has he died? He just said, oh, we'll see him on resurrection day. Jesus left Philip. Philip didn't code. He moved to town. He met the first sister. I think it was Martha that came first. And he said, Martha, Martha said, oh, if you were around, my sister, my, my brother, and I said, don't worry, now I'm here. Things are going to change. He said, but yes, on, on, on resurrection morning. She postponed the encounter. Mary too said, Lord, resurrection morning. Everybody was waiting for resurrection morning. They didn't know that the resurrection and the life was there. They were waiting for resurrection morning. And then what he did, when he stood by the grave, you know what he said? Father, I know you hear me always. I should not pray for a dead man. It's not our language to pray for dead men. Our language is to speak them to life. But share, because these people are around. That's what he was saying. No, please go and read it all. Let's look at it, please. Let's look for So that's, um, that's John. I think 11. John 11, 44. If we could start from Let's start from 43. Now, when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. No, I think, no, let me backtrack to when he started the prayer. So he had taken it now in 41. He says, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, right? I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Right? Now, he himself is secured in his father's love and approval. 
It's for their hearing that he was doing the prayer. So guess what? Whenever Jesus wanted to pray to things, like if you think about the fig tree, when he was going to speak to the fig tree, he didn't need to pray to God to move his fig tree. You understand? He didn't tell God, let me pray to move fig tree. He spoke to the fig tree. In fact, the worst part of the, that entire episode, it was not even the season for the figs. But he was not wasting words. It was a teachable moment. He was trying to teach them something that, see, uh, nature, wind, wave, mountains, and your mouth to speak to. So when they now came to him and saw that the fig tree had died, right, you know what he told them? Ah, you guys don't understand that all things are possible to you when you believe that. If you say to this mountain, be that removed and cast into the sea and believe in your heart that you have received what you're asking for, it's done unto you. So are you begging poverty or are you speaking it out of your life? That thing is waiting for your command. Don't waste your prayer begging God to do for you what God has given you the power to do for yourself. Are you begging for healing? Healing is not yours to beg for. It is yours to command. You know, all the people that Jesus healed, whether it was Jairus' daughter, he didn't do gymnastics. So he just actually spoke. In fact, there are some times he did not even speak. The lady that touched him, something left. It was like, that was how much of his identity he was in contact, contact with. He knew who he was. And any time he came to life, he showed up. He was surfing life from the prism of his identity as a son. He had that clarity. That was how, as a son, reality is not yours to condition to. You move reality. Yes, so, see, I want you to pause for a second. What is that part of your life that is not looking like grace? We are, dis we are made for glorious display. What part of your life is not speaking like glorious display? He's waiting for your command. We're going to read from John 17 when he was talking. Let's read from that. John 17, 20. We'll take it from 20 to 26. Then, Philip, if you can help plug in Mark 11, we'll read Mark 11 from, uh, we'll read Mark 11, 14, then 21 to 24. Yeah. From twenty to what? Twenty to twenty twenty-six. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, mm. that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may become perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Mm. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, mm. and these that know, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make 
So guys, I just wanted you to picture what Jesus was saying to in those prayers. Did it sound endearing? What is the texture or the tone of the prayer? Did you sense relationship in that prayer? There was relationship and there was empathy. Because he was praying to God on behalf of humanity. And his prayer was, God, may they know that I am one with you. And may they also come to discover their oneness with us. That, Father, that you've given them to me. May they know that they've been given to me. While he was praying, all the guys were waiting for five, um, five loaves and two fishes. Did you understand that it was a deep prayer he was praying? But I want you to see that whenever he approached his father, there was relationship, there was vulnerability. Because when you are a son, a son has to carry both, powered by love, and then understanding your power and authority. Sometimes, before now, I think a lot of Christians were raised in understanding love, but not power. So, some churches, right, not all churches, some churches will say, you are loved, you are loved. They can't kill this. They can't, they can't cast and bind. Because uh, we're just soft like that. Right? But some don't go out for softness. Right? So, at the end of the day, you, some people just got conditioned to love. Like, uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't pray against Boko Haram because God loves everyone. Thank you. Flip. There are other people, all they know is power. <laughs> ah! Bulldozer! Like, they've, been, they've killed, they've cast, they bind. Ah! No, my point is, after shouting this, do you know how men know that you're of God? It's how you love others. So they know power, they, drive, they follow power, but they can't live in love. So it takes away from the power of sonship, because sonship is powered by love, and you now bring that love security into all that you do. Right, so see the texture of the conversation with Jesus. Father, ah, let them know that I'm one with you and may they be one with me. Just, just very, very intimate. So there are different types of prayer, but most times our prayers in this country are prayers of holy warfare. Maybe because we have been through civil war. So some people, that's the only prayer they connect with. The prayer of uh, contempt, you know, there are different types of prayer. There's prayer of warfare and it's, it's there. We need it. Some days you just have to take it up. There's a bazooka. Annihilate things and wake up in the morning and have some coffee. I said, guys, don't worry. I just sort some things in the neighborhood. But uh, you're going to have some peace going forward. Right? Now you do that. Nobody knows that you're doing that. You know? But at the end of the day, there are other prayers. There are prayers of contemplation and there are prayers of meditation. And those ones allow for, the, for you to sit with the word so that the word can abide. So if you're dealing with impatience, just take that one that said, love, love is kind, love is patient. Sit with it. Sit with it. Let it take root in your heart. Some of us have not allowed the world to abide. So we, are, we, are, we become our shadows. The things that we are meant to conquer have become the identity and the place from which we traffic our life. So people now know you as Mr. Impatience. And the driving around town is like you're, you're, you're trying not to get killed. Or some people, you know, it's just always tension, tension. Please sit with the scripture. Give him seven scriptures on patience. Brother, just sit with Any sister that comes and you know that your own, if you give them one mouth, one from your mouth, the brother will never recover. His self-esteem will take a hit. Just look for those scriptures in Proverbs. Those, you know, Proverbs came ready for you. Proverbs will be like, don't let, if your word is so dangerous, I can tear somebody, please. Don't, give them Proverbs. Sit with it. Hold space until you're whole. And when you want to open that mouth, even if you're pain, you'll say you are loved. And you know that even your mother will be like, what a miracle. That is the, no, those are miracles. We should see miracles for what they are. When, when a flippant person becomes more tempered, that is some miracle. 
It's not only seven people don't roll for ground and they wake up. After rolling, now there's no transformation. You understand? Things are still moving in the area of life. Right? So understand the arrangement. When he was speaking to God, he was actually speaking to God from a place. Even in Gethsemane, when it was his vulnerable moment, he was like, Baba, let this cup pass me by. But if it's not your will, please, I embrace it. Like you see that sense of, Baba, tell you something about it. If you're not vulnerable with God, you have no right to be vulnerable anywhere else. Because you take your vulnerability to places where they will exploit you. See, learn to be vulnerable with God. God knows you've been making foolish decisions. He knows. Go and just lie down there and say, Baba, I don't know why, I don't know what's going on. Let him, let, let, let him see that side. He told you to leave that boy. You refused to leave that boy. You showed up. Don't go there. You went there. Okay, come and cry. You, you saw you, this particular one. You were not meant to be in a business deal. You went and signed the deal because the greed was there. So you're not caught up in your greed. They didn't give you your cut. You know, when I was in Abuja, that was how I was, I was in NYC um, Towers, NNPC. I was doing my NYC there. Somebody just saw me one day and said, I thought they have a location. No? A location. So I don't know if you guys know, but a location is something they give you that you have crude. Uh, she said she has a, a location. Before long, I said, I'm interested though. So we became an allocation train. We would tell this one, you add your one naira. We would tell you add your one naira. It was a long chain of one one naira. We were even more expensive than people in the market. We didn't even sell jack. But I remember people were fighting over. Someone said, I brought you in, you want one naira, and you're telling them to give me 50 kobo. You know, that type of arrangement. But the, that event dialed up the greed, but there was no breakthrough. So, guys, just for a second, understand the things that are going up. If you're not vulnerable with God, sometimes you know that you're... When Mr. Impatient is dating Mrs. Waste Time, that is where it gets. You, you, only you will be sitting there. The flesh, this is a crucifixion moment. The flesh dies in those moments. You can't keep the flesh alive, right? So keep your vulnerability with the Holy Spirit. Let God open the parts of you that need healing. Some of you, you've been so beaten out of vulnerability, and you're not even human. I don't know why I'm going here, because this is not part of my radar. What I would even say to you is that for most of us men in Nigeria, we've already been conditioned out of emotions. Yeah. Because as a boy, four year old, because somebody took your toy, you screamed. Your father said, Horse! I said, Shh! Everybody shut you up. Boys don't cry. You're a man. So boys are moving around at frozen children. They are actually emotionally extinct. But they don't know how to feel. You understand? And it started with her father. Do you know sometimes that one guy was telling us once, his mother was always trying to love his father. His father was like, ah, ah, like trying to hug the man. The man was like, oh, oh, oh. But you know, I was like, oh, I don't like these things. I beg, don't be bringing it near me. That, that, that's an African father. That thing is not of God, though. It's not human. So there is even a story that some, some guys have not been. You need at least a thousand hogs as a child to do life well. Often wonder why some people are not well adjusted. Any small hog, a platonic relationship has become an idea. It was a platonic hog. But that which he did not receive was coming late. So he cannot differentiate platonic. Everything is what it is. So my point is that at the end of the day, no, the point is we are so emotionally deprived. There are two ways it can manifest. It can manifest in a way where you even become narcissistic. There's a way we can raise a child, and the child thinks the world revolves around him. 
and particularly the African male, right? If you're from culture, as well, they say, as a mom of the house, you don't carry plates. Because as I will teach you now, you're going to be washing plates for your wife. So from now, learn it. Man brings money. So you, you measure your words by money. God help you the day you marry a woman who is richer. Your self-esteem takes a plunge. And you start saying, she's not respecting me. No, it's not that she's not respecting you. Your identity is being threatened because your identity crisis, your money was your identity. Now somebody's richer. And in your own paradigm, men controls the short. So you're no longer the igwe of the house because someone can say, you are saying, we're going to vacation in Ghana. You want to say, I want to do London. He said, we are going to Ghana. And the woman said, no, let's do London. I'll pay. I don't want your money. It's Ghana we are going. There is only one head in this home. Brother, take a chill pill. Have some London vacation. It is not her money. It's our money. Two have become one. Have you forgotten? Why are you putting asunder yourself? Don't put asunder in the money. But you know, some marriages did not survive when it comes inequality because their worldview crashed when their wives became richer. No, no, no. Your money was not your worth. And then, although some people trip over, Sha, you know, don't trip over. That's why wealth comes to reveal two things. It can reveal the other side of you. So if you are rich and nobody can talk to you, you don't go for village meetings. You understand? Someone was even saying something that is a family where the father said nobody would talk until the last bond comes because he was the richest. So they reach, everybody was waiting. He said, no, no, no. My, he has to reach here first. Even he said he was embarrassed for his elder brothers. Like, what is wrong with my father? My father was like, no, 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 no. I will not die for hospital if nobody pay bill. So let, you understand? But the African father, no, the African father deals on performance. So we are meant to qualify for their love. They don't know that that's what they are doing. In fact, they are just simply misguided. That's the way they know how to be. So for them, they only track, your what is your contribution? That's why they are thinking two years, no job, go for deliverance. Now, a slave will always interpret every adversity as a cause. Just because two contracts, you didn't get it. Brother, my grandmother is still alive now. No, 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 there is no grandmother. Sons live with gratitude. For you as a son, everything is an adventure. So you're not conditioned to one lost opportunity because there are more. For you, your father has infinite abundance. So you cannot be saying uh, that contract, it's my, I don't, the way my grandmother looked at me, she baited me when I was small. Please, go and bath again. There is a pool around the corner. If they bait you bad water, bath again. Clean up yourself. But it cannot, your theology cannot be shifty. So you're going through stuff. That's what slaves do. Slaves are, don't understand it. Sons are confident. Slaves are arrogant when success comes. The slave just become, begin to look down on anybody that is not like you. So how are you around people who are richer? How are you around people who are less richer? If you change, some WhatsApp message, you've not responded because you are afraid that somebody was asking for money. So you just put it there. You understand? Just leave it. I saw, I, I saw a post where one guy was complaining that his girlfriend has not posted him on WhatsApp stories before. Now that's how you will know if you are in a relationship. So post me now. He ordered. But you know, the girl posted him. The thing is that she could program that WhatsApp, only he would see himself. <laughs> but Baba was very excited. Like, now I know that there's something going on here. So, so, what is tripping you over? So, if sonship is not the basis of your identity, your prayers will be weak. Your prayers will be about obtaining, obtaining. So, you, let's read that and we'll wrap up on that one. Am I doing well with time? Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. 
Peter reminded himself to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has, with, has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to him, Have faith in God. Hmm. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that these things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Hmm. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and hmm. you will have them. That receive. There's a translation or someone translation used it as past tense. Was it so in yours? NLT said, believe that you have received them. So how do sons pray? Sons don't pray for answers. They pray the answer. So let me explain how these things work. This thing, eh, bro, like there was one policy they passed in 2018. They didn't hit our business. We went from high revenue. One day the revenue started to show humility. <laughs> And they went from you to timidity. But you know the point? We know where, where to plug in. Now, here is what he's saying, that when we sons pray, we do not pray as though we're trying to get God to do. Because our prayers are based on the finished works of Christ. And Christ has done. So your prayer is more, is more a past tense. It's like you're praying the answer. So if I want healing, right, I'm not necessarily praying that God, please come and heal me. You know, that prayer is a slave card. Lord, please come and heal. No, no, no. God didn't call us to beg for healing. It was like healing is the children's bread. In the New Testament, even one day, somebody was asking for money. All these people were begging on the road. They tried it with Peter. Was it Peter or Paul? At Beautiful Gate, he said, silver, gold, I have none. Brother, come, 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 come. He was distributing healing for free. He said, and they were moving around without money, but healing was there. In fact, there was a particular city where people didn't want to be delivered because they were trafficking on, their scene, on that and Peter delivered them. No, it was Paul. He caused, it was in, in, he caused riots in Ephesus. People said, no, no, no. This guy is breaking our business because people were feeding off the, they were selling identity. If you can buy my chain, you will be holy. So if you can buy my, my, there's a cross for rich wealth. If you wear it long enough, wealth will come to you. So Paul showed up and said, these are all idols. Knock them off. You are secured in your father's love. This unknown God, there's only one God. Christ Jesus. Paul started to change an economy. Do you know you can rescript an economy as a son? Right? You can actually change the climate. So I want you guys to reflect on your prayers. When you pray, pray with the understanding from the love that God has for you that God is not about to do it. God has done it. You're not praying to obtain. You're manifesting that which God has given in Christ. Because our inheritance speaks for us. God has escrowed everything we need in this life for life and godliness. He has escrowed it. You know what escrow is? Escrow is that it's there. Just know how to press button you to drop. You understand? My point is he has, he has actually trafficked everything we need to do life. Healing he has given. Why would you think that you won't have a beautiful marriage? Men have not finished in Nigeria. They just don't get high. God is bringing more. So you can no longer begin to move yourself to become what you are not. See, these slaves are what they drive. They are where they live. They are what they do. Sons are who they are by their father's love for them. God is not changing his mind about you anytime soon. God loved you even before you made up your... Like, you don't even know how loved you are. So that's why Jesus was praying. He said, Look, Father, may they know that they are one. That as you love me, you have also loved them. So that love of God for you is your identity. 
that love means that anytime you stand to pray, Jesus told them once, even if you evil men know how to give good gifts, let's even talk about our Father. God is good, and God is loving, and God loves you. God likes you. You're lovable. You're lovely. Sometimes you don't even know that you're lovable because all your life they've been telling you you're not. Let me help you. You are. And by believing you are, you manifest. So some of us, you know that lovable is a journey. <laughs> Brother, let's, let's, let's hold space for that. So you know that you're not generous. You're not very generous. Start practicing generosity. Lord, I give bountifully. Let your prayers not only be I receive bountifully. Yes, receive indeed. But also give. So every nature that is not like of God in us, we can challenge and change when we plug it into prayer. Sonship prayers are powered by power. Sons don't beg, they command. Sons don't beg, they speak. Fig tree, I speak. They speak to the economy. They speak to the police force. They speak to an industry. They can speak recession back into bloom. Elijah said there will be no rain for three years. Rain ceased. Everything in your life is waiting for your command. Do you realize God has given you enough power within you to change your life? You have to awaken that power and begin to speak. What do you need to change about your life? See, guys, if you start practicing this thing, it will change. It will change your sonship prayers. Uh, I write them as affirmation. I'll say, Lord, I am, I am loved by you. I am secured. My words carry power. I affirm it to myself because I've been hearing other things for years. When you're 30 plus and more, you've heard everything that is not true of you. Please give yourself some affirmation in the, in the gospel. So I write it down. I said, I take the scriptures. I am planted and rooted in God. Unfortunately for Christians, some non-believers are using it and are thriving. We will say, eh, affirmation, no, 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 what are you affirming is more important than affirmation itself. We affirm the gospel in our life. We affirm the truth of the gospel because you pray without ceasing. Your thoughts are prayers. And because your thoughts are prayers, you also allow your thoughts to carry power. The most interesting part is that even feelings are prayers. And then when you want to understand feelings are prayers, you allow yourself to feel joy because joy attracts. That's why Paul said, be, in all things, be thankful. Because that thanksgiving is the first field, the energy that brings things into your life. When you are always complaining, you are dispelling. When you are in gratitude, you are attracting. People know these things. It's in the gospel, but somehow we've thrown away the baby and the bait water. And we are refusing to allow that. So when I mean, your feelings are prayer, I allow my feelings to enter joy. I don't let my feelings move me. I master my feelings by the gospel. I don't settle for the place of my feelings. No, no, no. My feelings, I yield my feelings to the gospel. I bring it in alignment to say, my feelings, you must feel. Do you know some days, depression is just hovering around. Hovering, looking for space, looking for whom to devour. You're not going to lie down with Enya. You understand? What is that? Lie down with Enya. Or just go on Netflix, looking for some, just like, you've opened the door. That's not the moment to Enya or Yanni. Those guys, leave them. We don't know where they come from, but those spaces are dangerous. Before you know now, you'll be saying you want to kill yourself. After a seven days, uh, you'll be thinking the spirit is leaving you. That's not the word. The spirit comes with joy, not sorrow. So you, you've cried over your ex enough. Stop saying I'm waiting for closure. Today is closure. <laughs> you understand? No, no, let's not overrate it. The gospel, nothing can be bigger than the gospel. You understand? Today is closure. Just lock it there. You understand? And then move on. But don't let anything condition you to a life of powerlessness. Don't let anything condition you to a life of helplessness. Don't let anything condition you to a life of lovelessness. You were not made loveless. You were made for love. You were not made powerless. You were made for power. You were not made for anything other than the life of God inside of you. So as he is in this world, so are we.
He loves, we love. We are found in his love and affection for us. God's affection for us is what is true of me. I wake up, I don't feel love every day, I am loved. I stand there. Let's bow heads and pray. What are your thoughts this, this afternoon? My job is to remind you of who you are in God. The duty of the tribe is to raise us in our sonship, to equip you, to give you a revelation of the Father. That is our duty as tribe. To teach you of who you are as a son, because the son is our reference and our reflection. We know that he's an example of us and for us. So we look at him, we find who we are. You're not called for survival. You're called to abundance. Say, I have abundance in all things. Every spirit of scarcity that have ravaged you, we break that hold. You're not a victim. You're a victor in life. You're not here to perform. You're already accepted in your father's beloved. God is never bored of you. Unfortunately, if you're bored of yourself, it's because you're not seeing yourself through his eyes. See yourself through his eyes. You're enough. You're enough. See what God sees about you. Say what God says about you. Are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling like you're trapped? Today we break that hold because sons cannot be trapped. Sons cannot be stuck. You're unstuck because you're loved. Are you feeling unworthy? Maybe all your life they made you feel unworthy. I declare today what God has declared about you. You're worthy of his affection. There's someone here that I really want you to forgive yourself. Because if you don't do that, it will get in the way of your prayer. Forgive yourself. You didn't know any better, so forgive yourself. The past is the past. Forgive yourself. You don't belong to the past. So, Father, pour your love into every space where our hearts have been hardened by unforgiveness. May your love melt. Today we see healing. I just feel that strong sense of healing that is happening here this afternoon, that God has really been stirring the hearts for healing, breaking us from the cold emotions that have hardened us and have kept us limited and have made us less than who we are making us live tragically subdued life you're no longer subdued by life you're called to have dominion so you will awaken in the dominion that god has declared over you i see god bringing us into a place of wholeness every illness in your heart illness in your memory those memories that taunt you those memories that come to change your moods to poison your day today we are speaking that the power of the of the blood of jesus that washes have made your memory whole and clean you are declared whole We're still praying, guys. Just keep bowing your heads. Just for the next one minute. Just remind yourself that you are in Christ. 
that we are in Christ, that you are in Christ. Your identity is cemented in the truth of Christ, in his person, in his love. Just remind yourself. And that's where we pray from. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, anything you wish for, I will grant. So our duty, basically, is to stay where we are already, seated in heavenly places, blessed with all spiritual blessings, crowned with glory. Come on, let's sing this song together. We just wanna everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same. We just wanna everything changes. I'm captivated. Woo. I'll never be the same. We just want to I'm captivated. I'll never be the same. We just Just 10 seconds, just say, Lord, thank you for I am loved. For I am loved. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you were blessed by the message. To listen to more, consider subscribing, sharing, and raising the podcast. We love you.